On this episode of the Grizz Podcast, you're going to hear a conversation between me and one of my good friends, Mike Regina. Yes, yes, the legend. A lot of you know him. You've heard of him. A lot of you wish you didn't know him. But he's here. He is in the actual Grizz cave with my dog, Remy. So let's do this. Yo, yo, thanks for tuning in and listening to the Grizz Podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. Coming at you from the beautiful low country of South Carolina. As I said, here in the Grizz Cave, here are my good friend, Mike Regina. Mike, what is up, my brother? Dude, you are up. Let's go. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, you guys, just pray for me right now. <laughs> this dude is crazy. Oh, I love this guy. All right, Mike. Some of the guys listening know you, and some of the guys don't. Let's just start out, man, a little bit of serious stuff before we have some fun. Tell us a little bit about just your childhood, and how was your home life? Were you raised in a good home? Was it a broken home? Uh, I know, I think you had a little bit of a Catholic background growing up, but uh, share, share that with us, man. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, Jay, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm just stoked to be on here and uh, been looking forward to the opportunity. I know we've tried scheduling this a couple of times and now we finally were able to do it. But listen, <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know, my childhood. Yes, I did come from a broken home. My parents did get divorced when I was six years old. But I got to give my parents credit. They did everything they could to make sure that I had the discipline, I had the love, I had you know all the things that a parent needs to do. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. But they did a great job, and uh, you know, my parents might not have gotten along a hundred percent very well. You know, I I even was involved in some of the challenges in terms of arguments where I decided I was going to step in, which you should never do as a child, uh, as I found out. But you know what? Uh, they did a great job. And let me tell you something. They poured into me like no one's business. So mm. regardless that it was broken, I'm grateful. Mm. That's great. I love that perspective, man. I see too many people that are freaking victims about every single thing. And I'm not minimizing that things happen. You can be a victim. But it seems like you are a person that really um, has adopted the victor mindset rather than the victim. Yeah, I mean, growth mindset is just so important, just in life in general, right? I mean, regardless of our circumstances, you got to make the best of whatever it is that you had. I mean, I don't want to wake up every day and be miserable. I, I always tell people, you know what? I've never had a bad day in my life. Mm. I mean, have I had challenges? Have I had, you know, struggles and all those things? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it's a decision on whether or not I had a good day or not, right? Yep, yep. Outlook determines outcome, and that's something mm. I definitely got to work on because I know many times when you show up, I do start having a bad day <laughs> and trying to work through that. So what sports did you play uh, growing up? 
Well, I was probably one of the greatest athletes ever, uh, oh number one. And, uh, there hey, guys, here, here goes Uncle Rico. Th there really wasn't anything that I didn't excel at, no. But uh, honestly, I absolutely love sports. Uh, I was more of a you know a sports guy than I was a student. That's for darn sure. I can um, tell. Yep, absolutely. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I am a tool. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, for me growing up, loved baseball, loved wrestling, loved football. Do you know football. what tool you are? Uh, yeah, a, dude. You're a hoe. Yeah. Uh, Listen, there, there were times that I did was uh, a tool like that. It's unfortunate. Uh, well, it depends. That was BC. So at that time, it was fortunate. Well, you play, all right, but you played growing up a lot of different sports. I played sports. a lot of different sports. Yeah, okay. ice hockey, surfing, skied, you name it. I, I did everything. I just I loved you, competition. There was that point where I remember you told me you went all in with hockey. That was going to be your main thing. Yeah, my, in eighth grade uh, that year, we had so much ice on the ponds and I had never really played ice hockey before not certainly not organized and because we had so much I just fell in love with the game and then we went to a camp and then that was literally my passion you know through all out of high school and just played ice hockey every year and then went on to college to play that that's awesome so you went to college up in uh, New Hampshire yeah I went up to New Hampshire Plymouth State uh, like I said uh, the driving force was the ice hockey and then I got up there made the team and quit because it was just too much of a commitment it was like five to six hours a day and I'm like yeah, I'm, not yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going. I'm in D3. I'm, I'm like, where am I going? And my social life took over and mm -hmm. joined a fraternity, all those types of things. So I was like, sports, you know what? I'm done. Plymouth State. What the freak was your mascot? Were you like the Pilgrims? Uh, dude, we're the Panthers, bro. I mean, what? we were the ones that would beat up the Grizzlies. No, that would never happen. That would happen every oh. day. Uh, technical difficulties moving on. Anyway. Not, not for me, though. Today, what are... Your favorite hobbies, things you like to do for fun? Yeah, you know, I think one of my uh, strongest things that I get to enjoy is competition. I think one of the biggest challenges at the same time from my wife's perspective is that I have too many hobbies. Mm. So I've, I've had to quit some, uh, you know, over the years. Uh, but right now, I'd say my passion right now is golf. I absolutely love it. I'm completely addicted to it. It's golf. just a huge challenge for me. And, you know, it keeps my competitive juices flowing. Mm. That's good, man. Yeah. How, so you try to get out on the course like at least once a week? I try and play. I'll, I'll probably try and play around a couple times a week, uh, cool. you know, two rounds a week, and then, you know, practice uh, three, four times a week. So, you know, doing that. And then, you know, I'll surf from time to time, fish from time to time just because of where we live. Grew up surfing all my life. You know, been surfing for over 35 years. And, mm -hmm. you know, moving down here to the low country, uh, everyone fishes. So, you know yeah. what, if you want to fit in, yeah, grab no. a rod. I mean, I think a lot of things that you do uh, are tinky winky. And a lot of guys have asked me, why do you keep hanging with him if he's a tinky winky? But then years ago, I saw some video of you just shredding it on a surfboard. And I was like, that's why he stays my friend right there. Because <laughs> he gets so tinky winky with some stuff in his life, even the way he dresses. But I was just like, that dude could freaking shred, man. And I've always had this... Uh, just this longing and fascination, kind of this. Uh, I just get giddy watching surfing, man. We grew up with the surf movies, so but I oh, never man. did it. Surfing yeah. is it's incredible. And I always tell people, I said, I don't care what your level is, just do it. I mean, the first time that you stand up, even mm. if it's for you know a half a second, a second, you, it feels like you're on top of the world. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what uh, that's what Bodie told told Johnny Utah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Tell us how you actually came to faith in Christ. What was uh, 
What was that like? Like, I, I know the story, but a lot of guys don't. But tell us, tell them how you got in that actual conversation, what brought you to that conversation, and how this person just started dropping it on you. Sure. Yeah. You know what? It's kind of a, a wild story. And uh, let me just share a little bit about uh, the background, just even leading up to that. You know, so grew up in the Catholic Church and, you know, my, my mom was actually against it. Like I said, my parents were divorced. My mom was against it. My dad was for it. And because my mom wasn't a fan of the Catholic Church uh, at the time. And so I went to CCD, all that kind of good stuff and whatnot. Even in college, I might have partied for three or four days in a row, but I went to church every Sunday mm. night. And the priest wanted me to be a priest. You know, my wife thinks, well, the reason why is because he liked me uh, mm. physically, uh, which oh, wow. is very possible. You never know. Yeah. But um, anyways... So fast forward, you know, I meet my wife in college. She's, you know, she's a freshman. I'm a sophomore. We're still dating and whatnot. And, uh, you know, we, we live together. We move in together after, after college. You know, after she graduates, we get an apartment and whatnot. And then about two or three years later, we get engaged and we want to get married. So we ask a friend of the family who's a Monsignor, hey, would you marry us? And, you know, would you marry us where we're having our reception? which is outdoors, it's on a lake, it's beautiful setting and whatnot. And he said, actually, I can't. I can only marry you if it's in the church. So therefore, you know, at that point in time, I was like, you know what, I am so done with this. I can't take it anymore. All these rules and regulations, do's and don'ts, all these things are driving me up a wall. And I said, I'm out. I said, we'll get married by justice of the peace and away we go. And then like a week later, my mom said, hey, you know what, Mike, you know, you're you know, like second or third cousin is a pastor and a professor at Philadelphia Bible. Maybe he'd marry you. I'm like, well, mom, I haven't talked to him in 10, 15 years. You call him. Mm. So she did. And he said, hey, look, you know what? I'm not going to agree to marry him, but I will agree to meet with him and then take it from there. So we went over and met with him and talked to him and whatnot and just kind of, you know, shot the breeze for 45 minutes to an hour. And then he said, hey, you know what? Let's get started right here. He says, hey, what are you going to tell God when you see him? Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's a great question. And guess what? I've got a better answer. Mm. I said, you know what? I'm a good guy. I never killed anybody. The priest, you know, in college wanted me to be a priest. I mean, I'm just talking about all the good things that I do, all of my works that make me super spiritual. Mm. And he said, hey, you know what, Mike? I'm going to take you to Romans 10, 9 that says, confess with your tongue that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him on the third day and you'll be saved. And I said, Tom, I there's got to be something I got to do. Mm -hmm. There's got to be something I have to do. Mm -hmm. He said, Mike, it's done. It's paid for. And, you know, Lauren and I are just sitting there, just kind of the Holy Spirit just kind of came onto our hearts and just kind of gripped us. And we're like, okay. And I think he saw something just kind of click or change to where he said, hey, look, I'm going to agree to marry you under three conditions. Number one, that, you, that we're going to do uh, premarital counseling. It's going to be Bible-based. We're going to work through a workbook and whatnot. And I said, done, no problem. And he said, hey, look, I want you to start going to an evangelical church. I said, yep, no problem. And he says, lastly, I don't want you guys living together. I said, look, I'm in for two out of three. Mm. I said, I ain't giving up the booty. Mm -hmm. I'm just not. Yeah, booty's powerful. That booty is power. Yeah, never trust you know a big button and smile. So... Um, so we ended up, you know what, and what, what did I love about God and how he works is, you know what, here's a man that could have said, hey, you know what, here we are, we're still living together, still going through premarital counseling, have, you know, marries us and whatnot, and even at the reception and whatnot, I mean, we're partying, we're drunk, we're stoned, we're whatever, mm -hmm. and he's still just loving on us because I think he sees the change, 
But God put him, someone that's grace-filled, in my life and my wife's life because guess what? I could be legalistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So three months later, after we get married, I get saved. I mean, guess what? If I don't have that same grace experience, I wouldn't be offering that to other people where I'm, like, very black and white. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know what, here it was, you know, one day it was, you know, after, like I said, three months later, after going to an evangelical church for six months, doing premarital counseling, and really my whole life changing and my friends changing and whatnot, and just getting engulfed in the church, I just finally said, hey, God, you know what, it's, I'm, I'm yours, I, I give up, and Jesus mm-hmm. coming to my life, and let me tell you something, my life has not been the same since. It hasn't been more black and white since. I haven't been more grateful, more fulfilled, lived more of an amazing life than I have since I turned a Christian, mm. a believer, a follower of Christ. Yeah, no, that's good. And I really appreciate that somebody like him had the just spiritual balls to be like, yo, I'm going to lay it out for you. Here's the gospel. Here's what you and Lauren need, rather than just like, oh, I'm going to try to, you know, talk to you about marriage, get married, and maybe throws a track at you. He's really bold and unashamed with the gospel, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We got to speak up. We got to say it, and I also like it that he just accepted you guys where you were and didn't expect you to get everything conformed and uh, to the way it should be before you can come to Christ. He's like, this is where they're at, and you know, God takes us where we're at, man. So that's a beautiful story. So you came to Christ and your wife came to Christ pretty much the same time. Pretty much the same time. Yep. It mm. was just, which is, which I'm so grateful for because I know many marriages of people that I've met mm. where the, the husband's saved and the wife isn't or the wife saved and the husband isn't. Mm. And there's just that challenge and that pull yep. that goes on. So just, again, just another amazing blessing to have my wife doing the same thing I'm doing yeah, man. and vice versa. That whole unequally yoked thing, like when you really see the dynamic of it, it, it's, it can be rough and you understand why God used that illustration, like unequally yoked. If you could picture like a ox in one of the, the sterns or the yokes. And then over here you put like a little teeny sheep or something. It's like, it doesn't work. You know, you gotta be equally yoked. Anyway, let's move on. What was the most positive influence upon your life? You know, I mean, it's funny. I, if if I think about that, I mean, obviously there's so many people that poured into me. Yeah. But if I'm going to look at the most positive, I mean, my mom and dad. Mm. My mom and dad. And, you know, they both impacted me in different ways, right? Yeah. Like my mom, from a mother's perspective, you know, she loved on me and she let me be who I am. You know what I mean? Never really put the reins on me to make sure that I didn't experience, like I could go do whatever I want as long as she knew where I was. And as long as I was doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Right. And my mom really showed me just unconditional love and not really, you know, like saying, Oh, not, everything's a problem. Mm-hmm. I remember one day I, I called just real quick. You know, I was driving my son to his baseball game and I, and I just said, I, I'm driving 45 minutes. And I'm going, oh my gosh. I, I had to call my mom. I was like, mom, I can't believe I'm complaining. I'm driving 45 minutes. You drove us all over like the tri-state area. Not once did I ever feel like you were being inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's someone that impacted me. That's my mom. Mm-hmm. And then my dad on the other side, like while he was involved in my entire life and very much so in, in, in many different ways, he didn't really start pouring into me like who I am today until my senior year in high school when we started doing concrete. He had his own business mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then he just started teaching me 
about business and about life. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated college, you know, got into the business following him mm-hmm. in terms of construction management and then just poured into me and then eventually my brother. And then we started our own business seven years later. Mm. And, and because of that, and because of everything that he did for me and pouring into me, I am uh, certainly where I am today because of that. Yeah. Those two people were just super dynamic. No, that's good, man. Like one of the things I thought of when you said that was there's a lot of guys listening to the podcast, Christian guys, good guys, but their marriage didn't work out. It's, it's falling apart and that happens. That's reality. But that doesn't mean that you ever stop being a good dad. And so your dad's marriage did not work out with your mom. But your dad, even though he wasn't a follower of Christ, made a decision, I'm going to try to be a good dad to my boys. And he started to instill in you guys. And I think that that's just really beautiful, whether it's showing up to the games, getting them to practice, paying for the sports camps, Hey, let me teach you how to work. Let me help you with that job. Let me help you understand the dynamics of business to make something out of your life. And I also know your dad personally, and I know that he wasn't afraid to like, you know, you know, kick your ass if he needed to and be like, what are you doing? You know, what the freak are you doing, Mike? So hundred percent. And let me tell you something. Discipline is important, right? I mean, the Bible talks about it. He who spares a rod, you know, hates his son. Mm. And I'm, that's another thing that I'm so grateful for from my parents is that they did instill discipline. And I think that's one of the things that's really missing today, um, you know, as in parents, you know, with their children is they want to be best friends with their kids. And meanwhile, instead of being a mom and a dad. Mm. Now, how about do you got one person in history that is dead that you feel like you really admire the most and why? I know there's probably dozens, but is there somebody in particular that really stands out to you? Job. I mm. mean, talk about a guy where the entire world is going against you. Mm. And he said, you know what? I'm staying the course. Mm-hmm. I'm staying the course. I mean, yeah. Even wh- his wife said, uh, "Curse God and die." Yes. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody, and then anyone that's your friend is saying, "Yo, dude, here's your problem." Mm. Well, how do you know what my problem is? Yeah. Worst friends you know? ever. And this guy just stayed focused on the goal, which was to honor God, love Him. I mean, yeah. And he just never steered away. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say, hey, what was it that you did to maintain that? Yeah. Yeah, it got to the point where he's like, though he slay me, you know, yet will I praise him. And, but man, that's, the, that's one of the craziest stories in the Bible that I don't always like. Um, what are some of the, speaking of Job, what are some of the hardest things that you feel like you've had to personally work on as a man in your own life that you're just like freaking humble pie, this sucks, but... I got to address it if I'm going to go where God wants me to go. I mean, if I'm being honest, probably none. You freaking I'm just idiot. A beast. And, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I Welcome mean- to the BS zone. <laughs> we don't like to stay here long, but we're taking a little detour. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Jay, you, you know me well enough now. I mean, being vulnerable is probably number one for me, is to just you know, be vulnerable and just say, Hey, you know what, here's, here's my weaknesses. I need to accept it. You know, people point it out or whatnot. And I just, I need to be more vulnerable. That's something that I think I've always struggled with. And I don't know what it is or why, you know, and it's so funny. I mean, let me spell it for you. Yeah. P R I D E. (laughs) I thought it was M I K E, but, um, the, you know what it's, you know, it's just something that I've working on. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident I'm never going to perfect it just because of just, you know, yeah. who my makeup is. Yep. And I think the other thing too, is just being a better leader. You know, I think, uh, you know, John Maxwell says, you want to know if you're a good leader, let me just go to your house. Mm. Can, can I, can I lead people at the office and, you know, outside of the house, a hundred percent, I can crush it. Can I lead my family? I think I struggle with that, mm-hmm. you know, as a dad you know, sometimes as a husband, I don't have the same patience I do with my family that maybe I do, or I should even say that maybe that I do, that I do with, you know, friends outside, people at work. You know, if I was really able to, you know, I think lead my family like I do my, you know, at work and stuff like that, I think I'd even be that much of a better parent. Yeah. You know? No, no, you know, I know that there's guys listening to this right now. They're just shaking their head right now. Like, absolutely. Yes. Even guys that are listening, they're like pastors of larger churches and youth pastors with big old youth ministries. And they're getting asked to speak places. They're like, man, at home is one of the hardest places. Nobody pushes your freaking buttons like your family, your wife, your kids, because they know your buttons. But yet I heard a guy say one time, and this is so good. I know this is what you're saying with John Maxwell is if your Christianity doesn't work at home, then don't export it. And I was like, oh, gosh, like that's that's like boom. Like we have to work on our leadership slash serving at home because that's what leadership comes down to. I'm here to serve. It's not about me. And if we're not doing that, then, man, it's hypocritical, bro. It is. That's good it stuff. Is. What's your morning routine like for Mike Regina? Because I think yours is a bit unusual compared to most men, even a lot of men that are like, man, I think you got a good morning routine. So share a little bit about that, bro. Yeah, you know, I am a big morning routine guy. And I think a lot of it has to do with, well, one, I've, I've kind of always been someone that have gotten up early. Uh, my dad was always an early riser and I just ended up getting up early, you know, love to surf. So surfing, you know, requires you to get up, you know, at the break of dawn. But, you know, as I had kids, you know, like in order for me to do the things that I want to do, I had to get up earlier, mm-hmm. more specifically working out. Right. And then when I became a believer, you know, had to get up earlier, I got to have my quiet time. Mm-hmm. So I am going to do everything in the morning because I know that when I start my day, mm-hmm. let's say in the office, dude, the rest of it's already planned. Mm-hmm. It is done, you mm-hmm. know, especially post post kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I get up anywhere between two thirty and three o'clock. Wait, what? Yeah, two thirty a.m. That's an a.m. Uh, three o'clock in the morning. You're freaking lying. Uh, Are you serious? One hundred percent. Are you serious, yes. Clark? I'm. I'm not afraid. I am not afraid. I'm being vulnerable right now, Jay. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So get up at between two thirty and three o'clock. Uh, first thing I do is prayer time, and you know, do a devotion, and then from there I go to the office, or the, then I go to the gym, uh, you know, do my workout routine. And then I go to the office. Now that is during the week. Weekends, obviously a little bit different. You know, mm-hmm. I try and sleep in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do sleep in past three o'clock, maybe four or five mm-hmm. um, is typically what time I'm typically getting up on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it varies. So, but my morning routine, I am big on morning routine. I just think it helps you plan for the day spiritually, physically, emotionally, and just really helps you attack everything that's coming your way because the day is going to come to you. Mm-hmm. Anything and everything. There's just going to be just shots fired all over the place. Yep. And by making sure that I'm in prayer, in the word first, really helps me with my tongue and making sure that I'm honoring God because- Yeah, you need help study, with that area, bro. Bro, 
Your freaking I, I, tongue. Dude, my tongue is a beast, okay? It is a beast. <laughs> of the sometimes evil Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but, yeah. uh, you know, the good news is, is we don't judge. But, um... Well, I do. <laughs> I judge my brother because I'm trying to help him. But, no, and... And, and it just, again, you know, all those things just, you know, and it also gives you the energy yeah. you know, throughout the day. No, I mean, I've seen you do that for years and I don't want other guys listening thinking, you know, if Mike does, does that, then I need to get up at 2.30 or 3. That's That would make me, you know, a godly man. Nobody's saying that, but getting up early and at the first part of your day, spending time with God and definitely looking at your day, planning your day, even planning your week, like that has been really powerful for me. And I have never talked to one uh, high performing person, successful person that does not get up early and attack the dawn. And I'm not saying they don't have a day like, hey, I'm sleeping in. It's an off day. It's vacation, whatever. But I've also noticed that they're really diligent about saying this is my bedtime. I'm sorry. I'm going to bed. I'm out. I'm freaking exhausted. And they don't waste time at 11, 12 at night just scrolling social media because that's where some guys are like, I can never get up that early. And I'm like, well, you got to train yourself to go to bed early. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And you can do anything you want. If someone says that they can't do something, I'm, I'm a firm believer it's because you shut it down. Can't means won't. Henry Ford said, you know, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's right, Henry. That's why I drive a Ford. <laughs> you drive a Jeep. Anyway, uh, so real quick, you mentioned a little bit of how your dad helped you get into the construction management business and tell the guys a little bit about that, getting in business with your dad, your brother, and kind of what that's launched from there. Sure. So um, as I shared, after graduating college, you know, went into the construction management business with my dad. Uh, fast forward four years, my brother comes on board Fast forward two years, we bring our first deal to the table, right? Our relationships are finally bearing fruit. And they're like, hey, we want to, you know, do a, a school, a gymnasium. You know, would you guys be willing to build it? And then we went to our dad and he's like, okay, you guys go put the numbers together. We did. And we, you know, we pr presented to him. He goes, hey, guys, you guys are about $50,000 off. Now, it wasn't a huge deal. It was probably about a half a million dollars. But to us, I mean, that was huge, yeah. right? These are our relationships. This to us is a large project. I mean, we're in our twenties and we couldn't agree on a number. So my dad, who's very analytical, very much a thinker, he drives around and he comes back and he goes, Hey, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to go start your own company. I've already taught you everything that you need to know to, to go and do it. You know, or whatever. I don't want you to be 50 years old. You need to try and figure out how to run a business. You go do it now. Pursue this opportunity. If you get it great. If not, you're going to figure it out. And my brother and I, we pursued it, we got it, and the rest is history. It was, uh, it was just, I mean, praise God. Yeah. Praise God. No, that's awesome because I knew the story, but I thought that you and your brother were just like, we've had enough of being with dad. We're going to launch out and do our own thing. That's what happens to most guys that are kind of in the family business. But I didn't know that it was your dad that was actually like, hey, enough. You guys go do it. Go launch. And that I, I love that. And then I love it that he's like, you don't have to know everything. You need to just get started. And I think a lot of guys are afraid to do just that. Why don't you speak into that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest struggles that people have is just going and doing it. And, uh, you know, I'll use an example, a current example, you know, right now, you know, my wife is looking to, you know, she's just kind of started her interior design 
um, business and it's nothing that she's looking to do to grow or blow it up or anything like that, at least right now. And, you know, she would always be like, well, I need to have this. I got to have the website. I got to have all these pictures. I got to have these projects. I said, honey, you don't need to have anything. You just need to have the desire to go do it. Mm. Just go put a post up on Nextdoor, on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever, that you're doing X, Mm -hmm. that you're doing interior design. If you want to share how much it is that you charge and your structure and how you want to go about it and talk about all the things that you've done, do that. All you need is one Mm. to get started. Yeah, start somewhere. Just start somewhere. If a guy's like, I'm going to start a... Uh, a major landscaping business, you know, I see guys that are like, well, I need to get a hundred thousand dollar loan to get the truck and get the zero turn and get this. I'm like, do you have a push mower? Like, yeah. <laughs> Look, my brother and I, yeah. we started with $2,500 each, mm. put it in the bank account mm. and, and then turn that into, you know, a multimillion dollar business. Mm. And, and just guess what? We just said, Hey, we, we believe that we're going to do this. This is where God wants to take us. And guess what? We went, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, we, we, if you waiting on the Lord is an active pursuit, I think a lot of people don't know that. They think waiting on the Lord is, hey, I, I, I'm just going to wait until he opens the door. No, you go open the door. Mm. He's going to determine whether or not I'm going to open it or not. Yeah, no, I always pray like when you're in that active pursuit of waiting on the Lord and what he wants. God, if this, is, eventually you got to make a choice. God, if this isn't it, I need you to make it clear and shut this door. Otherwise, I'm walking through it because I just had to make some recent decisions too, like with some classes I was going to take. Was I going to go back for continuing education? Was I going to go back... And I've been wrestling with it for two years. And then I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm doing it. I'm signing up. Here's the classes that I'm taking. I'm going to start working towards a master. And if God's like, this is not it, then shut the freaking door. If it's not, then okay. And it's like that with anything. Starting a ministry, starting a business. Is this the person I'm going to marry? Okay, make a decision. You know, what do they say? You know, piss or get off the potty, right? Yep. So there's some truth to that. Anyway, we're going to take a break real quick here on the podcast, and we will be right back for round two with my brother, Mike Regina. I freaking hate burnt coffee with a passion. Like, serious, it's right up there with people who kill puppies. I hate burnt coffee. Every person who has a cup of coffee in the morning They should be enjoying that cup of coffee. It should be one of the highlights of their day. My brothers, look no further. Introducing 127 Coffee Roasters, your invitation to the enjoyment of exceptional coffee. 127 Coffee Roasters is not just passionate about roasting exceptional coffee. Listen to me. Man, they're passionate about bringing people together, sparking conversations, and creating moments of genuine connection. I love moments of genuine connection. That's what we're doing right now. You and I, we are genuinely connecting. Anyway, 127 Coffee Roasters, they select some of the finest coffees from around the world. I'm being serious, and they roast each batch in such a way to highlight their rich and distinctive flavors. And now, for the first time ever, I'm excited to invite you, the Grizz Tribe, to explore their collection of coffees and discover their Coffee of the Month subscription. Just visit www.127.coffee. That's right, dude. Not .com, not .org, not .net, not .tv. All that. Yeah, it's all stupid, man. It's 
127.coffee. The numbers, 127.coffee. Put that in your computer. Put that in your smartphone browser. And you're going to find a variety of blends and single origin coffees that are going to change your life for all of eternity. 10,000 years from now, you're going to be in heaven and we're still going to be talking about the cup of coffee that you had um, next week because you're going to order it today, all right? Whether you prefer a smooth and velvety dark roast like their single origin Guatemala or a bright and sweet light roast like their Ethiopian, 127 Coffee Roasters has a roast specifically for you. When you choose 127 Coffee, listen, guys, this is the most important thing. I'm being dead serious right now. No joking around. You're not just buying coffee. You're helping to change lives. Proceeds from every single bag of 127 Coffee goes directly to Victory 127, where they are providing food, shelter, education, and the hope of the gospel to families in Uganda. Are you ready to drink some of the world's best coffee and be part of something bigger? Then visit their website, 127.coffee, and choose from their exceptional selection of coffees. And as a special welcome gift to the members of the Grizz tribe, you guys need to use the promo code. You know what it is. Grizz. Use the promo code Grizz to receive a 10% discount on your first order. So what I would do is I would order a whole bunch of it and just trust me that it's exceptional. Order a whole bunch of it. They're going to give you 10% when you use the promo code Grizz. 127 Coffee Roasters, where community is cultivated with every cup. All right, so I'm back here with my good buddy, Mike Regina, here in the Grizz Cave. And I thought it would be kind of funny and interesting for the listeners to hear a little bit about how we met. So I'll let you do it, man. Take us back. How did Mike Regina meet his number one role model, Jason George. Dude, epic story. I mean, look, there, there's so many memories. It's hard to believe. I think we're celebrating 20 years this year, brother. It is. It we is got 20 a, years. We got it's a, insane. I know, man. So You should get me a gift. I, I, I am the gift. You're welcome. I'm your gift. I'm your gift. My presence is your presence. I'm a gift to you and your mom. <laughs> Mom, you didn't hear that. Okay? No, his mom actually loves me. <laughs> and when I start dissing him on social media, his mom always takes my side. <laughs> my mom takes everyone's side but mine. Yeah. But uh, to be expected. The Look, I, I remember, I, we, so I was serving in uh, youth ministry with uh, another a, a friend of ours, uh, Tim Franz. And Shout time, out, Big Tim. Big Timmy. Big Tim in Texas. Hook em horns. He, you know, we, we were both serving as kind of like, you know, co-leaders, you know, kind of leading the ministry and whatnot. And, you know, because we had just had our, our previous youth pastor had moved on and then you and Stephanie came on board. And, uh, you know, since we were already serving, you know, just I think kind of the ages that we were all in, very similar in age, mm -hmm. similar in terms of, you know, the kids and whatnot. You and I uh, hit it off. Lauren and Stephanie hit it off and we became great friends. And, uh, you know, I think our kids were around the same age. Yeah. Kids were so the we same were age out. too. I know our boys are the same age, best friends. And, uh, one of the things, you know, that I'll even share, uh, that I'll never forget and that I'm incredibly indebted to is actually your son, Noah, who actually led my son, Luke 
to the Lord one night at our house. And I mm. will never forget that. And, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, dude. It's just, it was a huge moment where I remember one night walking in and they're like, dad's like, or Luke's like, Hey dad, I just accepted Christ. No, it just led me to the Lord. And we're like, what? This That's is crazy. Insane. Man, I forgot about so that. So crazy. I mean, here they are, seven year olds, dude. Yeah. I'm going to throw that up in Noah's face. Noah, you need to listen to this boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, and, and that's how we met and, uh, you know, kind of the rest is history from mm. there. And man, we, we, we got some serious memories. I know, man. Like, I don't even know which ones to talk about, dude. Cause let's talk about some of the funniest, man. So I'll just let you get us started. Like what is one of the funniest memories that comes to mind with you and I. Well, first of all, I I, I think to try to keep I it think, at least R rated. I think you are in the top three of probably one of the funniest moments of my entire life. I appreciate it. And that was when we were doing uh, the big yeehaw. Big yeehaw. And, okay, we were the big yeehaw. Wait, wait, gotta give a shout out. Shout out Tim Byrne, pro skater. Shout out to Benjamin. Rap artist, shout out to Dismas. <laughs> you are a rock artist. We don't know where you are now. All right, go ahead. But no, uh, we, we, we had a big e-haul, and we were, I think it was our first year that we did it. All right, and let it me was tell them the what a big e-haul was an annual fall teen outreach event at our church. And so we started just going next door to our church property to Springdale Farms that had bonfires, hay rides. We did a chili feed. And Mike and I always dressed up with the leaders, really redneck style, like just, it wasn't even cowboy. It was just like yeehaw, hillbilly, messed up teeth. And his name was HD. That's what we called him, which stood for heavy duty, high definition. What else? I don't even know what else it could be. <laughs> it was heavy dude. Hell's devil. I don't know. It was you was just HD. You gotta have that picture. By I the do. Way. On, no, on you gotta put it on the All podcast. Right, I will. I will. Actually, I need to blow that up. That needs to hang in my office. Dude, that's big time. So we drew a lot of. Uh, we had a, a good sized youth ministry, but they invited a lot of friends to that just because it was fun. But we always shared the gospel and tried to lead kids to Christ, and we always saw kids come to Christ. Uh, but our last year of doing the Big Yeehaw, we took it off site to the Ocean, Ocean City Music Pier in Ocean City, New Jersey, and we had a, a lot of artists come in, pro skaters, some other stuff. But I know what Mike is talking about. This was still at home base on our church property, going next door to Springdale Farms. And so I'm going to set this up a little bit. Like for some reason, I had to go next door to Springdale Farms and talk to the management about something that wasn't going right with the hayride. And when I walk into their big facility, which is kind of like a huge, you know, recreational room, there's a party going on, Halloween type party. People are dressed up, music is pumping, and there's karaoke going down. And I should have had the music queued up for this, man. But what I witnessed in that moment was like what Mike is saying, top three for him. He wasn't even there to witness it. I came back and reported what I witnessed. But what I witnessed firsthand, there is no question in the history of my life, 48 years on the planet, it is top three, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I thought I was being spoofed. I was convinced there were cameras rolling and I wish there would have been cameras rolling because I would have killed the internet with what I saw. But Mike, you... You tell them what you heard me tell you. Oh, bro. my gosh. So 
So you come back. I I, I don't know if, if I was staying at the church because like there was kids there. You were and in you the had, parking lot or something. Okay, was I in the parking lot? Okay. And I didn't even care about the event after this. Yeah. If a kid yeah. didn't come to Christ and he goes yeah. to hell, I was like, Mike, I got to tell you what I just saw. Dude, it was so funny. So you, you come back and you're like, Mike, you're not going to believe what I just saw. Because you and I are huge 80s fans, bro. Yeah. I mean, like we, we're die hard, right? Oh, and you're like... This guy, you walk in, he is completely hammered. He's on the mic and he screams, and it was the way that you said it and just your facial expressions, which had me literally pissing my pants. I mean, I was yeah, I rolling on down. the floor. Yeah, you Dude, I was literally down. rolling on the floor. And and you must have done it like seven more times. And I still was dying yep. laughing. I've never, I don't know what it was, but that was one of the top three oh. funniest moments. And it was just the way that you just, your facial expressions, your mannerisms, explaining this person. I felt like I knew what this guy even looked like. And I, I didn't even see him. I, I've got to try my best right now to take the listeners there. Um, all right. So listen, I guess guys, you're really not getting it. Like I walk in to Springdale farms banquet room or whatever it is. And it's dark and the music is thumping. There's a crowd of people. It's a party. It's a legit party going on. And it is not a Christian party. And I'm trying to be like, where the freaks to management, man, where's the hayride people. This isn't going right. And all of a sudden I hear the intro to Billy Idol's song, Rubble Yell, which is one of my favorite songs of all times i know the whole thing by heart i've sung it karaoke multiple times and so i'm just like oh this is awesome but there's this dude on stage that when i say hammered i mean he's freaking gone like hold my beer that's my song and he's got like one of the red cups beer cups in his hand it's splashing everywhere he's behind the mic and literally he starts belting it and no one's paying attention. No one cares. This is what's odd. I'm just like, are you kidding? But he's got this one friend that just comes up to the stage. Like this dude is like his groupie. And he's just like, wow, yeah, yeah, you're killing it. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Like, why is no one else into this? Why is no one else dying? And I'm not laughing at first. I'm just taking it in like, what in the world? So I'm going to take you guys there for a minute. Uh, let's see here. Here we go here. As this comes on. And I'm like, all right, there's the idol. I love this song. And I'm like, who is this dude? Wait, he's drunk. No, wait, he's not drunk. He's like, he's going to fall over in a minute. And I'm, I'm going to give you an invitation to how he sings this. Last night, angel came dancing to my floor. Like, it's just angel came on my floor. And then his buddy was just like, whoa, yeah. And I'm dying, dude. I won't do the whole thing. So that's what's going down. And, like, I start crying, laughing. I didn't have a phone on me at the time to, like, film this. But it was the funniest thing. They go through the whole song. He gets done, comes off the stage. He's slapping five to his buddy, hugging him. And I'm like, that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But what was just so weird is everyone was so oblivious to it. Like it was just the norm. 
And I'm like, you idiots, what you have just witnessed beats anything I've seen on SNL or anything like that. So that's when I came back and I just oh told gosh. Mike. So funny. Dude. Yeah. So, so funny. What else, man? Was there something funny? Yeah. So funny? another one, I'll tell you another one was, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. We went and saw the police. Oh, I remember yeah. I got tickets and... Because at the time we had, uh, we were like the Phillies tickets. And because we had Phillies tickets, we were able to get early seats for the police. This is in the new stadium, right? This was in the new stadium. Yes. So like they were coming and playing and, you know, 40,000 people, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, Jay, dude, I got tickets for the police. You want to go? Yeah, let's go. So we had six tickets and we invited three other people because Steph ended up not coming. And we next thing you know, we get there and the six, the six tickets, so we had to split them up. It was three and three. So I'm like, hey, you guys, go sit over here. You're going to sit on the third baseline. These are great seats, blah, blah, blah. We're going to sit over here behind home plate. I think those seats are better. I have no idea. I haven't been to the stadium and seen the setup of the stage. So we get there, and next thing you know, give them, we say, hey, guys, enjoy the concert. We'll see you later. We got to go to our seats. We're literally behind like this gigantic wall that is all the lighting and all the oh, video and, and cameras of everything to to shine on the stage. And we can't see anything. And and Lauren is so mad at me. She's like, Mike, you need to tell them that, hey, you know what? Those are our seats. We paid for these tickets, blah, blah, blah. And That's I'm like, right. honey, you know what? I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just not going to go tell someone like, hey, even though we got those tickets and we gave them to you, like... We, we want to sit over here and you guys got to go have crappy seats. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Mm. Like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to do the right thing. I'm just going to be like, hey, you know what? Praise God. We're here. We're going to have a great time. Surely enough, like 10 minutes later, here comes over the staff from the ballpark. And they're like, hey, everyone that's sitting here, come with me. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we start walking down the steps. All of a sudden, we walk onto the field. Yes. And then we walk like up towards the stage and we're getting closer and closer and closer. It was wonderful. And before we know it, we're within like 30 rows from the stage. No, we were on row 16. Is that what it was? We're freaking row Maybe 16. Maybe it was row 16, like seat I could 30 smell or something. Sting. I could right. smell stain. Exactly. So here we are, right? And I'm just sitting there going, man, praise God that I just said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to let them have their seat. We get these amazing seats. We have the ultimate time. And and everyone was just, they were smoking their things and whatnot and oh. smoking their Johnny. Oh, they were and, smoking you know, Johnny. We had an awesome time. What a concert that was. It, it, it was amazing, dude. Like the, the dude that was by us, he was next to this big old girl. And all of a sudden, by like the third or fourth song, him, others, they had been lighting up smoking weed. And I've, I've never smoked weed in my life, but I've been really close to people. And that was the closest I've been. And they, the secondhand smoke was just getting to me. I'm not kidding, man. By like the fifth or sixth song, I got my arm around both of them. Others were swaying back and forth. I'm singing with them, dude. It's freaking amazing. Mike is just crying, laughing. <laughs> that was a good time. Oh, that was great. I think the moral of the story is just do the right thing, right, brother? Yeah, yeah. God will honor it. Absolutely, man. I'm not. I'm not ever endorsing <laughs> smoking weed. I'm just telling you, dude. That secondhand smoke. Be careful. Um, tell the guys about uh, which I, it was something I did. I didn't even mean to be funny, but. 
you and my wife think it's one of the most hilarious things. I think this just shows how I am. <laughs> but tell them about the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, guys, you got to understand, like, I have no problem inviting myself over to oh, anyone's house. Just drops by. Okay. Just unannounced. I'm I don't care if it's 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm knocking on the door. So this one and he'll bring his kids. What's <laughs> one particular weekend? My wife goes away. You got to understand, like, my wife goes away. I can't do anything except reservations. I don't know how to cook. Truth. I don't know anything in the kitchen. Truth. Right? I mean, it's cereal or nothing or pancakes is maybe the best thing I could do. So I say, hey, you know what, Jay? You know, my, my, my wife's away. You know, hey, I'm, you know, why don't you come on over for, for dinner? Well, supposedly I overstay my welcome, which I guess can happen from time to time. He was there for freaking hours. Well, bro, I mean, who doesn't want to be in my presence? Oh, my gosh. No? So here we are, we're sitting down, we're having conversations, you know, I think we're having a good time. The kids are out playing in the backyard and whatnot. <laughs> They're on the swing set and having a good time laughing and then laughing and all of a sudden, Jay decides he's going to get up and just mow the grass. And Steph and I are just sitting there having a conversation. Jay puts on his, you know, the headphones and just starts cutting the grass and I'm like, oh, okay. And I guess we're not hanging out anymore. <laughs> and dude, oh my gosh, there, that, that speaks to who you are, bro. Like when I'm done, I'm done. I'm freaking done. Dude, you know, some people back in the day used to talk about like, you're, you can let a person know you want to wrap up the conversation or whatever, but you kind of get your keys out, you jingle your keys a little bit, but see like that never worked for me, dude. So I knew also who I was dealing with. I was dealing with Mike Regina and like jingling of keys or something like that. Like he wouldn't get that. And so I was just like, I cranked up the push mower and I was just like, I'm doing the grass. If he doesn't get it by now, uh, he'll never get it. And my wife just like went off on me. She goes, that is one of the rudest things you have ever done. She's like, you, you were raised by wolves. I'm not kidding, which only excited me because I was like, I would love to be raised by wolves. But she's just like, Mike is our friend. Lauren is our friend. They are youth leaders at the church. Like he's he, he's probably going to tell people. And I was like, I don't care what he tells people. So. Oh, I tell people. That, that is one of the best stories ever. I love it. Oh, man. I'm trying to think. Like, so good. What else did you... Some things you've done that have just cracked me up. Fall asleep? Oh, yeah. Um, so on Wednesday nights in our youth ministry, that was when we had our our meeting for teenagers at 7 p.m. in the youth room. Mike was one of the leaders. So we'd come in. We'd hang out with the kids. We'd sing some worship songs, maybe play a game or something. And then I was getting up to give a life-changing message from the word of God and it was powerful, it was exciting, whatever. And so kids are all into it and everything. I cannot tell you how many Wednesday nights there's Mike on the front row and it is not fake. He is not trying to annoy me. He literally falls completely asleep. I mean, just out. There are times I saw drool. There are times I just could hear this noise. And I was just like, I finally got to the point where I had to call him out. I was like, Mike, Freaking wake up. Like, are you kidding me? And like people would die laughing. But part of it is, again, Mr. I get up at 2.30 in the morning. And then he would come and like to the youth ministry and be hanging out with kids. And I'd get up to sleep. Or maybe it's my voice. Maybe he's like, it's so therapeutic. I don't know, man. Like, but <laughs> it, it's just funny, it's man. It's great leadership yeah. on my part. No, it was funny, man. Oh, dude, it's so funny. Good times. So funny. All right, so... uh Let's see here. We're going to move into some trivia to wrap up this episode. Um, 
I'm going to cue this up. We're going to start out with some 80s music trivia. I'm going to go Bring 80s it. pop music to okay. see what you got. Because right. I've done this with you before without being recorded with our wives and families. And you got game. I'm not going to lie. Not as much as me when it comes to the 80s, but you got game. So we're going to go 80s pop, and then we're going to move into 80s hair metal. And then if we got time, I'm going to move into something... I haven't done before with any guests. 80s TV shows, the music to the TV mm. show. And we're going to see if you can pick these. Now, okay. if you do really well, uh, let's say, I'm going to say with uh, with the music, if you get at least 10 right, mm. then Nair Trail is going to make a $100 donation to Victory 127, which you guys were just hearing about with that commercial with 127 Coffee. We're going to make a $100 donation we already give to them every single month our ministry does i know mike and the business that he's part of that my wife is part of they give to victory 127 consistently but we're gonna make another 100 donation but it all hinges on this mike regina it hinges on mike regina right here right now can he get at least 10 of these rights i'm not kidding if you get nine right kids in africa are gonna suffer because you freaking idiot i love it all right i love it seriously man you can either be a world changer or you can ruin the world I'm just going to be a warrior. Oh, my gosh. All right. So let me go to my playlist here on my phone. I actually wrote down what songs I want to try to hit you with. <laughs> I'm going to give you a few easy. Like, these are softballs, dude. If you can't hit this out it, of the park. It, listen, I mean, the names. Is it, huh? the names of, is it the names that I'm doing? Is it the name of the song? All right, you got to name, name the song and tell me the oh, group. Oh, gosh. You're I'm not kidding. Yeah, I, this but is big I'm going to give you some softballs okay, right. because I love you. And then I'm going to throw some at you that are coming 90 miles per hour that are going to be hard to hit. And I think dudes are going to be like, I know the song, but to say the name and the artist could be kind of hard. So let me get the music cranked up where I want. So here we go. Take on me, aha. Dude, did you hear how fast he did that? That's why he's one of my best friends. Let's go. That's right. All right, Take on Me by Aha. Such a great song. I've used this for intros for the Grizz because it's worthy. Do you remember the music video? That oh was yeah, like it's, a, like, it's like a faded, like it's it's like what? a cartoon type. Yeah, yeah. But for the '80s, that was oh, huge. It's insane. Yeah. All right. This is a good song. I know. So, I know. Love you. Listen. Like you want to sing along. And you listen. If Mike and I were singing along karaoke, <laughs> I could change your life. All right, let's go for more. Um, Oh, totally different kind of artist than those guys, but all I'll say is rest in peace. Prince. He's struggling. Nope. It's from Purple Rain album, Prince, When Doves Cry. When Doves Cry, oh my god! I could tell it was there, I'm dude. singing the song. Yeah. I'm singing the song in my head. And that's what I'm saying. Like, get in the name. One or the other. Dude, I'm in. Yeah. One or the other. So that's uh, one and a half, by the way. No. Yeah, not, it is. Not. That's one and a half. I make the freaking rules. No, it's actually two you and a half. Why? You know why? Because I'm the Grizz. <laughs> tell me the rules. Coming on my podcast. All right. Here we go. I know you know this. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Man, I must have passed it. I'm scrolling through my playlist, guys, and this is such a good song. Oh, my gosh. I could listen to this song every day. never gets old. 
Yes. Uh, owner of Lonely Heart. That's right. The group is, yes, owner of a lonely heart. Much better than the owner of what, Mike? Um, uh, a broken heart. Broken heart. Broken heart. I was going to say that. I just wanted to see if you knew oh the answer. Oh, my gosh. That's like somebody not knowing John 3.16. Freaking idiot. All right. This one. If somebody said, what is one 80 song that is like dedicated to Mike Regina and that's your song together and we hold hands together, um, it would be this song. Can I say it beforehand? I dare you. Van Halen, Panama. No. Well, you know, I can see why you'd say that, but... If we're holding hands, like with Panama, I think we would be like throwing up like the the, the horns and we would just be like, yeah, baby. But with this song, I think we might be holding hands. So see what you got. Flock of Seagulls. You got half of it. What's the name of the song, Regina? And I run, I run so You just far said it. I'll give away. it to you. I ran. I ran. That's yeah, right. I nailed it. That is our hand-holding song for oh sure. Oh, my gosh. That, that was probably our first 80s song where we, like, you and I completely bonded on. Dude, Mike's got this killer Jeep Rubicon that he calls Ruby. He talks to it. He pets her. It's It's got, like, a three-inch lift, big tires, killer sound system. This is one of those songs we put the top down. We just let it out. Just let it out. I mean, my ears ring afterwards, but so good. Anyway, all right, let's see what else we got here. Um, oh, yeah. See if you know this. Let's go with some female artists. Uh, where'd they go? Early 80s. Yeah, oh, I know who it is. It's a blondie. Um, call me. Call me. Call me. <laughs> yes. All right, where are you at? You have four? I have five and a half. Because I'm crushing. I'm, I'm are you, two. You don't have five. It should be two points You each. got Take On Me. You got Owner of a Lonely Heart. I ran. Yeah. You got those, that. Are, those are each That's two four. points. Those are each two points. Shut up, Mike. All right. Now, this one, I bet a lot of you don't know. You think you know 80s, but I bet you don't know this. But I know Mike knows this because I've heard him sing it. But can he name the artist? Oh, man, where is it? Dun, 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 dun. I think people need to let me know, like in the chat when they hear this, if it should be two points. Everybody who listens to this is going to side with me. I, I don't know about that. No one I sides think everyone, with you. I think everyone's on my side. You want to know who sides with you? Satan. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. We can dance. Uh, Wang Chung. Oh, my gosh. No. It's the safety dance the by safety men dance. without hats. Oh gosh! Do you remember the music video? Yes, it's like the weird dude off in the field, like in a medieval outfit. Oh. 
All right, Mike, you're still at four. But there's still time to redeem yourself. All right, let's move on to 80s rock hair bands, which I think you'll do better at. I'm, I'm a little disappointed with you. Uh, right listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, um, I mean, I know all those songs. I love them. Yeah. I just, the name of it. That's fine, man. You, I don't know. Band name. You should have had. It's just a lot. And I should be getting two points. I mean, it's just. You should have some mushrooms or something before you came on that. to help your I'm just memory. that out there. Mushrooms. Two points each. All right. I love this song, dude. Like, literally, when Joe Biden took over an office and it started, our country just started going down. This was like my theme song. I wanted a revolution. Let's see what you got, Mike. We're not going to take it. Twisted sister. That's right, my brother. Yeah. No, we ain't going to take it. All right, that's good. I mean, that, that video, I mean, when those dudes came out, yeah. It was like, wow. Dude, they, they were Makeup, odd. Makeup, hair, all yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not into that, man. All right, so this song right here, man. I This is probably the song that Mike has taken a picture of his stereo in his Jeep, which shows me the display of what he's playing. This has probably been sent to me more than any other song. He's made karaoke of him doing this, sent it to me. This is what I deal with in my life. Pray for me. Round around rat. That's right. Let's go. Do you know how to spell rat? R A double T. That's right. You know what? I'm giving Mike a two pointer for the spelling. Mike went from six to seven. Alright. What videos? Oh my gosh. Dude. Dude, the album cover. I need to stop looking at it right now. Okay then. Alright. Yeah. That's bad. Alright. Every man's battle right here, right now. All right, um, let's see. Dude, before the music even kicks in, what is said at the beginning of the song, you should know it. If you don't know it, interview's over, get out. All right, here we go. Def Leppard. Yes. Uh, photograph. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I got some. Same same album. Rock of Ages, brother. Rock of Ages. Oh my gosh. I can't. I can't. can't All right. Couple more. Let's see what you got right here, right now. You got to redeem yourself. New Panama Van Halen. Van Halen. I can barely see the road from the heat coming off. You know what? Most acrobatic singer of all time. Oh my gosh. David Lee Roth? Amazing. Nobody is a lead singer like that anymore. Uh, that's unbelievable. Uh. All right, I got one for you. But I'm going to tell you what, man. Like this one. Hang on. I'm going to go ahead and give you the artist. Guns and Roses, and you're going to go, oh, I know it, I know it. But this is not one that made the radio a lot, but if you had the album when they... they Appetite for Destruction? Yeah, did you had the album, right? Oh. Wait, not that song. That's freaking rat. I don't want that one. But this is one of my favorite songs on that album, but I don't think it made it to radio. But let's see if you know it. So it's GNR. Yep. Here we go. Bring it. Uh, Freight Train. Close. 
Night Train. Night Train. Night Train. I'm giving it to you. He's at nine. Dude, I, I know the whole album. Dude, what a song. What grade were you in? Ice hockey. All right. Ice hockey. I remember playing. Guns so you're Roses. a little bit older than me. This was still middle school for me. Yeah. Look out. Oh my goodness, man. All right, Mike's at nine. He gets one more, dude. There's an extra hundred dollars going to Victory One Twenty Seven to help. Let's go, Vay. Seriously, kids in Uganda, help them get food, water, shelter, an education, and they are being. Uh, the gospel is being shared with them to give them just hope, hope in this life and especially in the next. So let's go one more. Uh, let's go hairband. I'm crushing this game, dude. I am crushing this game. You think you are? Dude, Bon Jovi. That's right. Living on a prayer. Are you freaking kidding are you? This no, is, no, 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 no. Are you? Wanted dead or alive, dude. Oh my, my bad. Gosh. My bad. I, I don't even think I can give that to you. You know what? I'm not going to give it to you because you're wrong, and wrong is wrong. But because God is full of grace, so is Grizz. And this is the bonus round. This one's worth two points, so Mike could go from nine to eleven. And win it for Victory 127. But this is it. What we're going to have to do, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pulling it up right here. It's all the same. Yeah, man. Don't get me started. All right, here we go. You got a name. I'm only going to give you one because we're running out of time. This is from the 80s TV. This is the theme song. I cannot give you an easier theme song than this i mean i could give you hard ones i could have gone different strokes facts of life i could have gone and the jetsons that th dude this is so easy but it's so good this theme song right here dude night rider there you Let's go, go. Hey, dude. Give it up right there. that's my boy that's my boy that's my boy you totally redeemed yourself a team, Night Rider. Yes, yes. Uh, Dude, the, the light left to right. Oh, I left know. to right. Do you remember what was the name of the Kit. car? Kit! Come on! And who was the actor? David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff with his shirt off. What show? Night Rider. No, not Night Rider, later on. He was on the oh, beach. Baywatch. Baywatch! Come on, dude. You had That's a man. Why I, watched I, it. I think That's you why had, I watched it. You did. You had a man. I watched crush. Baywatch for him. That's why you're wearing a pink shirt right now. Not afraid. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in, listening to this episode of the Grizz Podcast. Do me a favor, uh, leave us a rating, leave us a review wherever you listen: Apple, Spotify, iTunes, anything like that. Oh, and I forgot to give my, my man, Mike Regina, a chance. I'm going to let him tell you how you guys can connect with him online. Tell him about that, Mike. Let's go out with some Night Rider. Yeah, please, uh, guys, if you have any questions or anything like that, please reach out. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Mike Regina on LinkedIn. Uh, also, you can reach me on uh, my website, MikeRegina.io. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. If you got any questions, hey, happy to chat. Whatever I can do to help, I want to help. Peace. 
That's awesome, man. Mike, seriously, thanks for being on here. We're going to do it again uh, soon because it's fun. And, you know, you live in the area, so it's easy for you to show up to the Grizz Cave. It would love to do it. Let's All right, do dude. it. All right. Yeah, I got a couple more items I got to cover here before I sign off. So I'll bring back that Night Rider beat, but there's a little bit of a remix. <laughs> yeah. couple closing items of Grizz Biz. Listen, as I said earlier, take a moment, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to the Grizz Podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Audible, wherever. That really helps make a difference, gets us more exposure, and we need that. Also, if this episode helped you or encouraged you or even just cheered you up, man, copy the link, share it with a friend or a men's group or on your social media. Also, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, then please consider becoming one of our monthly supporters for just $10 or $20 per month. You can go to our Give page at our website to set that up, narrowtrail.com, narrowtrail.com. We are a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, or you could take your phone right now, pick up your phone and text the word GIVE, GIVE to 301-888-6860, 301-888-6860. I promise it's safe, it's secure, it's easy. You can cancel at any time. And guys, listen, we would not exist without the faithful financial support of listeners just like you. Also want to encourage you guys to get Covenant Eyes, Covenant Eyes monitoring software installed on all of your devices and your kids' devices and your teens' devices. Dads, be proactive, be preventative. Go to CovenantEyes.com, CovenantEyes.com, sign up, and at checkout, use the promo code GRIZZIN to get your first month completely free. GRIZZIN, G-R-I-Z-Z-I-N. Also, do you need a good support accountability group to help you in your struggles against lust and pornography? Check out our climb teams. They meet online every week via Zoom. I lead every one of them. You can learn more at our website, narrowtrail.com. Click on the Climb Team page. Reach out to me if you have any questions. So that's it for this episode of the Grizz Podcast. My brothers, I'm going to be back at you soon with more helpful content and some content that's just going to make you laugh. That's, That's just good stuff. Anyway, as always, honor God, live manly.